0: Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Rough Neck Scarves. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into the episode one of the Fairweather Podcast. Uh, we got a couple hosts with us tonight. So I let, want to let them introduce themselves. First up is Marissa. Let us let us know who you are and kind of your <laughs> soccer or regular background.
1: Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Marissa. I am, I would say, a casual soccer fan. I um, used to be a huge hand egg fan, or what they call American football. And uh, I started getting into U.S. soccer around 2000 six, but I really ramped it up when an unnamed team left town. So we won't talk about that team. And if you guys know me personally, you know that we don't talk about that team around me. So, uh, yeah, that's my soccer thing. I'm here to offer some, uh, different perspectives. What I hear around town, uh, what I would like to interject in when it comes to the players, and I'm happy to be alongside these gentlemen who will teach me about the game and the league itself because I'm new to this. Um, So I'm right there with all of you new to USL people.
0: And then we have a more USL veteran uh, host with us, and that's Chris Walker. Welcome in, Chris. Hey, what's going
2: on? All right, so Chris Walker and I would say my... I've got one year of USL experience under my belt, and uh, and that is obviously in watching New Mexico United. Of course, I originally from California, so Riverside, California. So when Alan told me he was going to be doing some coverage for the San Diego loyal, I was definitely right there with him. Uh, A little bit of my background. You know, I watched casually through the early 2000s. Um, I'd say my first ever match that I watched was the 98 World Cup. I'm going to, like, take that one to my grave. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, you know, I just kind of casually watched over the years, but really when, you know, we were getting a a team locally that really sparked my interest, and not just that, but also with watching more EPL and La Liga. So just that's kind of my background right now. Not super ultra, but trying to be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> for sure, uh, and those who don't know me, my name is Alan. I live in City Heights, or as old school San Diegans call it, East San Diego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I live I live here with my wife and our three dogs. You might hear some of them occasionally in the background. I apologize ahead of time. Um, my love for like really hardcore love for soccer started when the women's team played here in San Diego. uh We went. To, it was my first live game. Uh, we went. It was a, a blast. My wife even had a good time. Which. She does not like sports very often, uh, so she had a great time. Uh, I fell in love with it hardcore. I've been a casual fan for off and on, being from the, originally from the Inland Empire and following Landon Donovan because uh, he's from that area. It was pretty pretty easy to pop in and pop out when he did something good and I would watch and cheer him on. Um, and now that he uh, helped start a team here in San Diego, I couldn't help but jump in on it. And I've been covering Orange County for the past year for uh, both the Orange and Black soccer Casts, but also uh, worked for the team last year uh, doing some content around game recaps. Um, but that leaves us with what is the USL? Uh, I know that there's a lot of European uh, fans, EPL, La Liga. I don't know if there's League Un fans, maybe just PSG. Liga oh, yeah, MX.
1: <laughs> a lot
0: of League MX uh, fans in the area. Uh, And so USL is a little bit different than those. Um, USL is the second division American uh, soccer league. And um, it's got its own unique characteristics uh, as far as it's not MLS with their confusing money rules and contract rules. So don't worry, fans, you don't have to worry about what TAM and GAM are. Uh, We can leave those out of the equation. Uh, USL is a little bit more renegade, if you will, a little bit independent, a little bit two teams, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but as far as what is USL, uh, I think it's a, an opportunity to grow the soccer community in San Diego, and I think it's a way of interacting fans closer to the team that you might have gotten with the MLS and that Soccer City campaign. Uh, anything that you've noticed uh, uh, so far, Marissa, in your uh, talking around with people about things that you've noticed or questions that you might have about the USL?
1: Yeah, um, well, I have, I'm a big EPL supporter, uh, follower of Arsenal. And uh, sorry to all of you who are Spurs fans. Um, I really don't care if you don't like me because I'm an Arsenal fan, but uh, um, we can banter if you want. I don't really care. Um, But yeah, so I have a lot of European fans uh, that have, you know, become close friends around town, uh, because we watch together. Uh, We also go to the Cholos down in TJ together. And I'm just, I have conversations with them about this upcoming league, and really kind of figuring out what, what they're looking for, um, because it is local soccer, but it's a different league, different players, different setup. Um, And really, there's not a lot of expectations in terms of the style of play because they know what level it's at and not to knock the league as a whole, but they know that it's different. Um, I think what they're looking for is a local game to go watch that's San Diego based, um, but also and I'm looking for this too is just a game atmosphere that's enjoyable to go to and it doesn't seem too forced and it's not something that you feel like um, is like too catered or too cookie cutter. Like this is how you root for a soccer team. And I think that's um, definitely something that um, I'm excited about because we haven't had something like this in San Diego before um, we have had a lot lower leagues. And I, I, uh, I forgot to mention, but I, I was a uh, part of the marketing team for a, a lower, lower division team um, a couple of years ago. And it was, as uh, organic as you can get it to be Um, but it was also very uh, a mix of fans and play and like everyone was super connected Um, but it you know there's not a lot of money in there and when you don't have your own stadium it's really hard to uh, book stadiums or book games when you're um, competing against high school football and lacrosse and all the other high school sports so I think, um, from the general sense, is people are very looking forward to something that's they can call their own in terms of San Diego. But it really just you just need to win, and 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 make it interesting to watch the game. I don't think there's a lot of expectations in terms of the 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 players are yet. I don't know. There's we don't know yet, right? So.
0: And now, Chris, you have a different perspective because you went through a first year team with New Mexico United and uh, covering for Madison as well. Uh, So what kind of things have you picked up on that maybe San Diego fans can look forward to uh, being involved in the USL?
2: Uh, I mean, you can really look forward to a lot of community involvement. I mean, New Mexico... Like the fans here really rallied around the team. There's a lot of um, community initiative. Um, they really do, like the supporter groups really do um, rally around the team as well, obviously. And, and they create some very unique initiatives. Um, something I really would say they can look forward to. I mean, you can look forward to...
1: My um... <laughs> My bad.
2: what (laughs) no i mean you you really can look forward to the the camaraderie like uh the community building i mean there's going to be those people that stand out in the community that do pods or right um and then there's going to be other people that have different talents i mean one of the things i really liked was watching all the fans create their own personal merchandise and their i mean not merchandise but their own personal like relics like Mm-hmm. you know earrings and different signs and different jerseys and you know you see guys like buying different shoes to match and just it's just such a amazing atmosphere and, mm-hmm. and forward madison i mean with them their marketing was so getchy. like it was just like they would have a promotion where they signed or the whole team signed a watermelon <laughs> and then that was like you get a watermelon, a can of White Claw, I think like a bro tank. And then that was like your package. And um, and I'll tell you, like, I probably bought a few of those ticket packages and donated the tickets just for the uh, the perks. So it's mm. pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, they did. I think they did the wrestling one with the signed paddle as well or a signed piece of wood or something like that, too. <laughs> yeah and it, it
2: was a two by four
0: yeah and it, it, it was it's something like that where some of those lower league teams where it's not like super bells and whistles it's not like you're getting you know a, a sweatshirt or a hoodie or whatever for these packages they were trying to find really creative ways that weren't going to break the bank but were unique and people wanted them uh like right now ford madison if you play football manager uh ford madison's doing a, a deal right now um There's like an add-on that you can get that someone created where you can play, uh, be the manager for Forward Madison. And if you can get them to promote to the top league and win, uh, they'll send you a signed letter uh, from their head coach. And so there are quite a few USL uh, people I know who are definitely getting involved in that. And I have never played Football Manager before, but I have definitely downloaded... I'm almost at the end of the first season. We're getting promoted. Uh, we're going to see what happens when we get promoted. Uh, hopefully we don't get relegated. Um, and so the, the Ford Madison does a really good job and I'm hoping that we can find some of our own unique things in San Diego uh, to be able to do that. Um, we are going to highlight the supporters group uh, in our next podcast. So I don't want to get a whole lot into the locals. Um, there is a San Diego loyal night uh, this coming Sunday and, um, But you're probably going to hear this after that happened. But we'll run some highlights from that, talk to some people there. Um, And these community, these soccer communities, the supporters groups are really, really important. Uh, You have a chance to check out uh, Twitter. The Chattahooligans from an independent side uh, in Chattanooga, their trailer just got stolen, um, and they're running a a GoFundMe kind of deal. Um, to try and replace a lot. I think it was like $18,000 worth of stuff yeah. that got stolen. Wow. Um, so it, I'm sure it'll still be going on by the time you guys, everyone hears this, uh, but just to kind of see the rallying around a supporters group from all over the place. I've seen people retreat it from coast to coast. Uh, so it's really, this the supporters group thing isn't just a local thing. It really brings everyone together across mm-hmm. the nation and across the league. Uh, and you'll see this from time to time. And it's, it's something that I really really impresses me about the soccer community uh, that it seems to be you banter and you hate each other for a week and then you go grab a beer right after the game and have a good time and there is going to be some negativity and there's gonna be some some poop to step in on Twitter but you find you find those communities that really bring the positivity across the game across the United States and you can banter 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 but then when they come into town or you go visit uh, you get together before the game, you talk some smack before the game. You talk some smack after the game. But it's really a, a great community to be involved in. Uh, switching, yeah. yeah, switching gears a little bit. Um, I think the other confusing thing about USL is this concept of an independent team, an affiliated team, and a two-team. Uh, and I know this is a a bone of contention with me about uh, USL is not a minor league team or minor league. It is a professional league. What? It's not AAA. League. Yeah, (laughs) you get a little bit of that with some of these two teams. Uh, But essentially what you have is three different types of teams. You have your fully independent teams that uh, operate independently, like they're their own professional team. They sign who they want to sign. They hire coaches. um, They they sign players. And they operate as a fully independent professional team. Uh, Then you have your affiliated teams, which are teams that have some type of affiliation. And some of these are really tight affiliations where... You have like Reno eighteen sixty eight and the San Jose Earthquakes, where the earthquakes from the MLS send guys down quite frequently. Um, Mm -hmm. I met one of the scouts at a Reno eighteen sixty eight game because he was down from, or over from San Jose to check out some of those players, and they're not owned by the MLS club, but they do have a they sign an agreement. And some of them are as loose as Orange County and LAFC were, uh, this not this past season, but the season before, where they would loan a couple players, but they ended up loaning players like Phoenix. And I think they loaned some to the Eastern Conference as well. So you have some loose affiliations, some tight affiliations, and then you have the two teams. And those are pretty clear, except for like Tacoma Defiance. Most of the two teams have two in their name, like Portland Timbers 2. Uh, you have... Um, Real Monarchs, although that's a two-team that isn't two in the name, but Red Bulls two. Uh, Now, what formerly the Swoke Park Rangers are now uh, the, what is that, Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City two. Um, And those teams are essentially the closest things to minor league, where they're kind of their farm system. And some of them are really competitive, like Real Monarchs, and some of them are terrible, like Tacoma Defiance. So when we we'll, we'll be talking about Tacoma Defiance in a brief moment, kind of breaking down who they are, what they do, and some things to keep in mind. Um, but do you guys, anything you want to add uh, Chris and Marissa to that independent affiliated two teams or you know some highlight some something that our fans can look into. Go ahead.
1: I don't have anything <laughs> I'm learning just along with y'all. Like it's uh, I mean, uh,
2: what, what I'll add to it then is um, really like, like, I guess the, the thing that they can kind of look forward to, or I guess the, the happenstance with the two teams is, is that going into some of the matches, we'll be looking at these previews where teams all of a sudden drop down a bunch of their, their first team players, onto a two team and then all it, all of a sudden it changes the dynamic of the, of the match you're playing. So, I mean, those kind of things do happen, you know, throughout the season, you know, as well as, you know, other players going up, you know, so, I mean, it kind of works both ways, but you know, that is kind of cool to see.
1: So is that kind of like how, like in baseball, like you get called up like sometimes in the middle of the series or like at the end of the series, similar.
0: Yeah there, there are certain players that I think they can they're allowed to send down and send back up again. Um, mm-hmm. usually it's guys like with Tacoma Defiance is they'll usually start their young kids, but every once in a while like if the uh, like Seattle has an off week and mm-hmm. and Tacoma Defiance is playing, they might send down some guys who are from the bench um mm-hmm. who are like the not necessarily like the top 11 but like guy 14, 15, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were definitely some guys this past year, was it Justin Dillon? Uh, he came down and yep. just destroyed Sacramento, I think, and then went back up and scored some goals with the one team. Uh, so there are a few, few instances where that happens. Um, usually it's those fringe guys, and they just need some minutes. Um,
2: yeah, Houston Dynamo's, they'll send down massive amounts of players to uh, Rio Grande Valley.
0: Yeah, although there's some drama going on down there as far as uh the affiliation between RGV uh, and Dynamo. Uh there are some nicknames that some of these teams get like uh Baby Dynamo for RGV, the Baby Bulls <laughs> for New York Red Bulls too. Um so you'll you'll hear some of those nicknames and learn those along the way. Um but it it kind of depends on each two team. Like M, like Real Monarchs are not so much a development team, like they don't they'll get guys down occasionally, uh, but they tend to run kind of their own team. Whereas RGV Tacoma for sure. Tacoma uh, will send a lot of guys down. They'll just drop them down. And all of a sudden you're playing MLS level guys. Um, RGV will be playing MLS level guys. And it's like, you don't know until like the Thursday before a Saturday game. So you might be prepping on Monday, Tuesday for, you know, the regular cats from RGV and then all of a sudden, Thursday comes, and they're like, we've sent down these four guys. And as a fan, sometimes it's cool to see those fringe MLS players, but then also sometimes the play gets diminished because they're guys who aren't used to playing together um, as a unit, as 11. Uh, and sometimes it gets a little bit crazy where you know you have a team that might be playing well, and then they send a bunch of guys down, they don't perform. Um, or you get Tacoma who sends some people down and all of a sudden you go from a team that has like negative 36 goal differential and lose four nothing, five nothing one week to beating one of the top teams in the West the next week. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a few weird things with the two teams. Um, although I think over the next couple of seasons those things are gonna iron themselves out and you might see some teams drop down to league one, which is mm-hmm. the the league right below the championship. Um, and they're real they're pretty good but it, like last year uh, Toronto 2 dropped down to play in League one because um, that's where they were mo- the most competitive um, for their kids
1: hmm. interesting
0: something that might infect that affect that is our the CBA there is a players union which is uh relatively new they were recognized by the league without any type of fuss uh, and they're currently in negotiations so we might see some type of uh, CBA coming down the line that might affect some of those, that movement from MLS to USL um, that maybe restricts it and maybe puts some qualifiers on who they can send down and pay and all that shenanigans. So we might see some movement with some of those affiliated in two teams uh, in the next year or two. Uh, so just coming to keep in mind that USL is constantly changing as a young league and, you know, you might figure out something one year and then the next year you have to relearn it. Um, with speaking of player signings, uh, I knew we had a couple lately, um, and we wanted a to, lot. yeah, <laughs> uh, we had a couple today as of, as of today's podcast, this will come out next week. We'll probably have a few more by the time you guys listen to this. Uh, so, um, are there a couple names that you wanted to highlight, um, knowing that we're going to probably get a little bit deeper into them, uh, once we kind of get a solidified roster in the next couple of weeks. But are there any that seem off the bat kind of exciting to you, Uh, Marissa?
1: Um, the the defender, what's his name? Greenspan. My bad, if I forgot his name. Joe Greenspan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greenspan, Greenspan. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely interested to see how he, you know, will be. Um, I know it's like well known in the community that he was, um, you know, pretty a pretty good signing for the. Loyal, So I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, I do want to see how the local people that are from here will play and how they will engage the community. I think that's really important. Um, Sal's is, oh, hopefully we'll have him on soon. I do want to see him, um, you know, just... uh, play for his, his town, right? Like, how is that, how will that change how his play is wherever else he was playing? And then, you know, how does that affect his interaction with the, the, the fans and also how, you know, he's going to be judged, so to say on his play. Um, And I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see like the first preseason just to kind of get a feel for the, the level of play since I haven't seen a USL match before. Um I've only seen Super Lower League and Liga MX um so far. So and US soccer, but that's that's about it. So I think that's where I come from. I just I don't have any expectations because I don't know yet. I haven't watched a lot of USL in general, maybe like one or two matches total, you know. So
0: Yeah, those guys I think are gonna bring a lot of really good um experienced. And when you bring in some of these younger guys from the community, you always want to have really good established guys around them that kind of show them the ropes Mm -hmm. and kind of settle them down in and kind of lead by example. You look at some of these teams um, like Real Monarchs won last year. A lot of people were like, oh, they're a two team. They're young. It's like, well, if you look at some of those guys who are playing on that team, yeah, you had a couple of young guys like their goalkeeper was amazing. Uh, and he was, you know, 17, 18. But you also had guys who were 24, 25 who had been around and brought a lot of experience uh, mm-hmm. to the table to kind of push them over the edge in that season. Uh, so I, I'm i excited to see those two as well. Uh, what about Chris?
2: You know, I'd have to say the uh, the Toomey signing that, yeah. that was announced, uh, I think that was clever, especially with uh, picking up the coach from Lansing. And I, I mean, unfortunately, you know, Lansing was a, USL one team and their club folded after one year. And that's unfortunate, especially since they had ran out the other Lansing team like prior to that. Um, so the to signing, that's like instrumental. I think it'll be interesting to see um, really how his experience uh, will translate to the game as far as USL championship. And you always have to see like, you know, is this guy going to be a stud and is he going to be able to still, you know, play at that level, or is it going to, you know, kind of translate to where, you know, maybe he's, you know, is he going to be able to, to really hang in the league, you know? I think you always have to kind of look at those. Um, but I think that was instrumental when you pick up the coach to pick up the solid players. And there's still other Lansing players that are out there. So, you know, I hope that they're looking at that roster a little side or two. And then I think the, the uh, Emrah, uh,
1: what's yes. his last he's uh is he serbian or montenegrin Mon- yeah yeah montenegrin yeah i've i already follow him on instagram but i don't remember <laughs> how to say his he, last name he,
2: he is like a shutdown he's a center back right
1: yeah
2: yeah but he, defender yeah and he yeah and he's like a he's like a shutdown guy i mean like i remember the first time you know i had heard him about him when he played for uh was it, who did he play for? It was, was it Reno last year or Sack? I know he played for both of them and, and just, I think it was Reno that he was playing for um, at the time. And I remember just his reputation kind of preceded him. I mean, he was a good pickup for, for Reno. And uh, I mean, watching him play, I mean, he, he really does live up to the, the stats on the paper. So he's going to be definitely a good addition in the back as well. So yeah.
0: Clementa.
1: Clementa, Emra Clementa. Yeah, we're following him on our pod page, but he hasn't followed back yet. So we'll see. I wonder who the first follow back would be. <laughs>
2: we're going to have to develop some
0: nicknames for these guys. Like
1: yeah.
2: Emra yeah. Kil- Kil- Kilmenta. Yeah. I, right. I, do
1: th-
0: I do think that, uh, yeah, between him and Greenspan, I know that there was a rumor that uh, Kalen Ryden was going to come in, and that would have been just an amazing, amazing back line to have. Uh, but, uh, apparently things didn't quite work out. Things kind of fall through from time to time and that's unfortunate, but, uh, I love that today. yeah. And he's going to end up, I think he ended up what, New Mexico. So we're going to, we're going to still see him unfortunately on the wrong side of the ball. Um, but yeah, I think the Nate Miller signing as a coach is a great signing. He did, uh, Lansing and was one of the best teams in USL league one. Um, and Toomey was one of the best players in USL league one. So it's always interesting. You look at the top of USL, do they work out in the MLS? And some of them don't. Uh, so hopefully some of the top players in USL league one can move up and, uh, to me is going to be a, a good test subject for that to see, you know, is the top of league one really producing talent to get to league to championship. And then, and the championship, can we produce talent to get to that, uh, top level, um, I do think in as far as our signings go, it's it in the Western Conference. There's a different style of play than the East. The East is usually more physical, uh, more defensive-minded. The coaches are more defensive-minded. Uh, so getting Greenspan out of the East is a huge deal. Uh, in the West, I mean, it's way more open. There's teams who just don't really care to defend, uh, New Mexico United. Um, and that was kind of one of their downfalls. Like they could score three goals, but they couldn't keep their opponent from scoring three or they could score two goals and couldn't keep their opponent from scoring two. Uh, So I think really focusing on that back line in the West, like it might not be, you know, the, this, you know, super offensive, really fun uh, style of soccer all the time, but looking at their attacking players, I think it might be, but if you can stop and hold your opponent to, you know, one goal a game, you're going to make the playoffs in the West. Um,
2: I think you really have to talk about Irvin Parra too. Yeah, I mean, he did numbers for Las Vegas last year, um, being one of their their leading scorers. So, I mean, that that was actually... I was happy to hear about that pickup too.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those two uh, former li- uh, Lights guys do here in San Diego um, to see kind of how that transitions and how that translates because... Um, You know, I mean, the the lights were really good at home, but really not great away. Um, But eh, who knows? I mean, Raul Mendiola is coming in. Uh, His tape looks good. A bunch of the highlights they posted were from the lights, although he's most recently from uh, Reno, uh, comes from Juarez, Mexico. Um, So I I think they're putting together a pretty solid spine. Um, Pretty decent back line, pretty good midfield especially some of the rumors that I'm hearing about some of the guys we might be bringing in a little bit later come true. Uh, We're putting together a pretty good spine. It's just to see how the young kids that they signed and that trio that they announced, how they work out. Um, And obviously
1: a goalkeeper.
0: (laughs) Yes. um, We definitely need a (laughs) goalkeeper.
1: Backline. Cool, but. What about a goalkeeper?
0: And, and that's going to be a, a huge importance <laughs> as well. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's guys that I thought they might take a look at from Fresno um, when they folded. Uh, what was that CJ Cochran? I thought he might've been a good pickup off of Fresno, but I think he, uh, he ended up signing out in Tulsa, I believe. Uh, so there's, there were guys out there that looked good. Um, I'm pretty sure there's still a couple more guys still out there, but Um, Yeah, not not signing a goalkeeper. I'm sure they've signed one. They just haven't announced one. Um, It'll be interesting to see when they announce that. Obviously, that's usually not the uh, the sexiest of announcements uh, who the goalkeeper (laughs) is. Usually it's like, who's your striker? Who are your wingers? You know, who's your attacking midfielder? Uh, Who's your starting center back? Those are usually the guys. But if you look at I mean, if you're a fan of soccer and you your team is doing well, uh, usually they have a, a good goalkeeper uh, behind yeah. them. It makes a huge, makes a huge difference. Um, so it'll look forward right. to seeing that. And we will be doing some more player breakdowns, uh, some individual player breakdowns uh, as we get closer to the season. I just want to kind of highlight some of the guys who have come in. Um, obviously, uh, the coaching staff is forming as well. Um, it's nice to see a uh, a, div- a gender-diverse coaching staff uh, I don't know how ethnically diverse they are, uh, but, you know, it, it was a really smart move, I think, of bringing Carrie Taylor in. Uh, she is a phenomenal person in the community. Um, and then some of these other coaches uh, are pretty exciting as well. So uh, we will do some player breakdowns, some coaching breakdowns uh, as the weeks progress. Uh, so fear not, listeners, uh, those things were are coming. Um, we wanted to kind of, Give ourselves some time to maybe watch them play and kind of see what style of playing uh, they're going to be doing, uh, and then get a chance to reach out to some of their former uh, teams and people who cover those teams to get some good info to bring down, uh, bring out to you, so we can chat about who they are and what they're, what you're going to see. Uh, so that is coming as well. Uh, something else we're going to be doing leading up to the start of the season is starting in last place, working to first place. And kind of highlighting some of the teams and what they kind of did in 2019. Uh, With USL, there's always huge turnover. So one team might be phenomenal one year and garbage the next. Or garbage one year and phenomenal the next. So it's really hard to kind of predict where these teams are going to be. But what we're going to do is kind of break them down. Talk about who they are. um, And kind of talk about their 2019 season. Uh, And we're going to start with the two worst teams in the West last year. And that was uh the Colorado swings Colorado Springs switchbacks and the Tacoma defiance and we're going to start with Colorado Springs um they are uh, affiliated with the uh Colorado Rapids from the MLS uh, affiliated but not owned um they started out a couple games pretty well and then ended up being just terrible um I don't know if you guys did any research into Colorado, Uh, Marissa or Chris. If you need, uh, Marissa saying no, and I don't blame her. Um, (laughs) I would not do a whole lot of reading on either of these two teams. But uh, Chris, you have anything you want to add about Colorado um, and their 2019? They they
2: just didn't. uh, Gosh, how do I put it? I mean, New Mexico beat them like every single time, but they beat them like three times last year over two competitions, but for the most part, the Colorado Springs switchbacks is they were kind of like one of those teams where, you know, you wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say like, okay, well, that's like an easy win because they seem to rise to some occasions and they would be able to come out and, and upset teams or, or draw with teams, but they didn't really, I didn't, I'm not really impressed with what they're doing in the off season. I think that's the biggest thing that I would highlight is that I haven't really seen like, any like stellar pickups uh, from them. I know they, they think they've actually, didn't they lose someone to Phoenix
0: recently? Um, who hasn't lost someone to Phoenix recently? <laughs> like the way they're signing players are like, we're just going <laughs> to, we're going to take one from every team just so everyone hates us. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think they're the, the biggest one that really stuck out to me is who they brought in for their coach. Um, I think that's going to, to help cause they're going to get some talent that comes down from that Colorado team. Um, the, 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 I shouldn't say the parent club cause it's not the parent club, but the Colorado Rapids, right. they're going to get some decent players that come down. Uh, I think that the beginning of their season last year, um, like their preseason, uh, they beat Reno. They drew Real Monarchs. Um, they had a pretty decent looking preseason. Uh, they came out decently hot, like, um, Destroyed Los Dos, which is LA Galaxy 2, for those of you who don't know. It's nicknamed Los Dos. You'll hear it all the time. It's way better than LA Galaxy 2. Um, And then they beat San Antonio, um, Drew Phoenix. And so everyone's like, all right, we got a pretty solid team. Uh, They can score some goals. Uh, And then um, they just kind of fell off the cliff. Like, I remember the podcast going into the Orange County game last year, and it was like, I don't know how this is going to go. It might... Might be a pretty close game, and then it was two nothing, and it was two nothing early in the second half, and it was pretty much over from then. And then they just didn't play well. They got a win against Fresno, and then a lot of losses. Um, so they're a team that might actually play decently well. Um, those of you who don't know uh, who Alan Koch is, um, Alan Koch is um, formerly of I believe SC Cincinnati. Uh, Before they went to the MLS, I think he was the coach that took him to the to the MLS to the MLS. Um, So he's got his pedigree is really good. Um, He was really good in Cincinnati. Um, He coached Whitecaps, too. Uh, He's a pretty solid USL coach. So it'll be interesting to see kind of their development into next year is what can he do with the talent he has uh, cause he's been, uh, he's been successful, uh, places where he's been. And, um, open 2000- 2017 open cup, semi-finalist 2018, regular season champ 2018 coach of the year for USL championship or the USL soccer league. Now the USL championship, uh, he's won the NCAA, um, the GNAC champions. So he's a really good coach. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with that talent. Um, yeah. They're kind of one of the bottom seller dwellers, I guess um, <laughs> last year. Um, I'm hoping they kind of refigure out their form. Um, but, you know, it's kind of been downhill for them since they started. They were third Western, third Western ninth Western, barely missed the playoffs, 11th Western, further away and then last year we're last place. Uh so I hope they kind of rebound. You never want to see a team that be that terrible, be worse than the Tacoma Defiance. Uh, but that's kind of where they're starting and hopefully they can dig their way out. Uh the next team is Tacoma Defiance. This is the two team to Seattle uh Sounders. Um Chris Mercy got it. Marissa's like, nope. You don't
1: need to ask me. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, again,
0: if you're if you're trying to get into the USL and watch some tape and watch some games, uh, these are not two teams <laughs> I would encourage you to watch. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Tacoma. So Tacoma in the defiance. I
2: mean, When I watch them, and I want to say it holds true that their I think their average age was like 18 years old. Like they have, obviously, it's the academy for uh, Seattle, right? Yes. And, and so it's just a bunch of kids, but you can't really take them lightly. I know the the record shows what it shows, but I mean, they've got a lot of energy. I mean, they, and watching them play against, you know, some, you know, veterans of the USL as well as some MLS players. I mean, I've watched them just run circles around players and, you know, for whatever it is, I mean, you know, they've, they're very defensive, if anything, I mean, you, you know like i want to say one time last year they even kind of surprised new mexico and kind of got a lead on them and within like the first 5 minutes and you know so they're definitely a team that they have a heavy press and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're you know they're young and they're
0: they're full of that spark you know yeah their home record was 7-3 and 7 which is actually pretty impre- pretty respectable 7 wins 3 draws 7 losses uh pretty much Uh, Negative one goal differential. So for a home team, that's a a pretty solid home team, especially dealing with the kids. But on the road, they were one win, four draws, and 12 losses. Uh, 12 goals, uh, 51 goals against a negative 39 goal differential. Uh, So uh, Tacoma's one of those teams where... You okay there, Brew? That's my dog. Uh, Tacoma's one of those teams where you catch them on the road, it's probably going to be a win unless uh, you can't handle yourself. Uh, but you catch them at home, they're uh, they're sneaky good at home. They can pull some draws. Uh, they can beat you at home. They're kind of like RGV that way, where RGV on the road is a little bit rough. But RGV <laughs> at home, man, good teams go in there and lose. Uh, we will talk about them in a couple weeks. Uh, but Tacoma Defiance, yeah, young kids, which means they're probably going to play better at home. Uh, you're going to get some pretty talented kids out there uh, trying to get MLS minutes. So they're hungry. Uh, they can score some goals. Uh, so they're not a team to sleep on, uh, but just over the, players yeah, over the course of the season, though, you're going to, you might run into them where, I mean, some of the kids on the field are like, uh, you definitely didn't drive here. Your mom did because you were not old enough to get here in a car by yourself. Um, so it's interesting to watch them play because you have like dudes play USL and then you have these kids play USL. And it's like, sometimes the, the dudes don't want to go into some of these tackles like they normally would. And then all of a sudden the little kid steals the ball off of you because you're not playing hundred percent because you don't want to destroy him. Uh, so Tacoma defiance, um, pretty cool crest. Definitely one of those two teams that uh, are the Academy It is uh, they play the kids. Uh, so if you like that about the USL and there are people who do, um, if you want to, Take a look at some of the kids who are in the U-17s, uh, the, U-20, uh, the U-20s, twenty, the U the U-23, uh, U.S. national teams or wherever national team you want to root for. Uh, the Tacoma Defiance has some of those kids on those teams, and they, are, um, they can be fun to watch or they can be terribly frustrating to watch because they're going to beat your team from time to time. Um, so, yeah, good home record or decent home record, terrible road record. Uh, so... If you're bringing a, a person to a, a USL game for the first time, probably don't want to bring him to the Tacoma Defiance because uh, it might be a, not the most um, entertaining match per se. Like uh, the soccer's last year when they played uh, Turlock and it was like 13 to 3. It might be kind of fun, but after a while you're like, okay, I get it. Like, sweet, this is great. Like sometimes you want those 7 6, your both teams play well. It goes to the end. Sometimes you want those games because those are the games that bring in the fans. Those are the games that highlight just how much fun the league is. Uh, so maybe not Tacoma defiance. Um, but, uh, that's kind of those first two teams, um, to kind of highlight. And that is, uh, the two teams we're going to talk about this podcast, um, to highlight some things coming up next time. Um, Obviously, we're going to do some coverage of San Diego Loyal Night at the San Diego Soccer's Games, uh, which is next Sunday. But you'll have this podcast will be out after that. Uh, we're going to highlight so the supporters group, kind of talk about what a supporters group is. If you want to get involved, if you don't want to get involved, um, both are perfectly acceptable. Um, we're going to talk about maybe some signings, uh, reach out to the team to see if there are any friendlies coming down the pike.
1: We may have a special guest next episode. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, we're working on working on a special Ooh. guest uh for either the next podcast or the week after. Uh, we're working mm-hmm. on some, bringing some people in uh, to introduce the fans to some uh, special guests, um, and then we'll be covering. We'll be working our way up the um the table. Uh, you can definitely find us on the Twitter machine um, at Fair underscore Pod. Uh, follow follow hit us up if there's questions you want us to cover on the podcast, we'll gladly do that. Um, If there are things uh, that you would like to us to talk about questions uh, or statements or um, teams that you want us to highlight or dig a little bit more deep into or players that you're excited about signing, please hit us up on the Twitter machine. Um, You can find um, let's go through where we can find each of you on the, the social medias. Uh, (laughs) Marissa, any any place you want people to find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on the Twitters. Um, I'll be tweeting from hashtag Marissa all spelled out. So don't use the pound sign. Just spell out hashtag Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-A.
0: Or the sharp sign if you're a music person.
1: <laughs> yes, and you're a music person. Yes. <laughs> I, I yeah. do that from time to time.
0: Uh, Chris, work, We can find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, by Chris Walker. Is that on all social medias or just the Twitter machine? Uh, it's also on Instagram as well. Ooh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Same name too, but. I mean, uh, I want that blue check. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Who un- has
1: more followers out of all three of us? Let me do a check right here. Uh
0: Why don't you go ahead do that? Uh-oh. I'll do that. Oh, she's breaking it out already. Uh, you can yeah. find me on the Twitter machine at A Underwood forty eight. It's a good mix of soccer and some pol- politics stuff and some music all right. stuff. So, okay. so... All right.
1: Chris, you have 204 followers. Gotta work on that. Ooh. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm sure you have another account too, right? You probably have more on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alan, you have 777 followers. Whoop, whoop.
2: How many is he following though?
1: He's following 1218. Okay. I knew it. Yeah. And Chris, I think you're following 482. So you got a good right. ratio. Now, yeah. drum roll, please. She can't follow I follow two thousand two hundred and twenty-six people, and I have two thousand
2: four hundred and seventy-five followers. Baller! Oh my god!
1: Yeah. She's but like,
2: if you want to follow me, I want to follow you.
1: Anyway, it's quick, I actually uh, put a lot of work into it. It's kind of what I do professionally, so. Mm. <laughs> you,
2: can grow my, you can grow my Twitter account. I'm done with that.
1: Okay. We'll talk about that.
0: <laughs> for sure. Uh, so that's where you can find us on the social medias. Uh, we look forward to bringing you uh, each and every week uh, San Diego loyal coverage, both of the games, previews, recaps, uh, player interviews, um, and general banter about the league. Uh, thank you guys for stopping in tonight. Uh, Again, this is the Fairweather Podcast. Look forward to uh, building a relationship with you guys over the course of the season. And uh, have a good day and or night, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, See you guys later.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: This and every episode is brought to you by The Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.